I think uh, a sequel is all up in the air until we see the the release of Monopoly and Candyland. <laughs> and, well, and, then uh, the, uh, and then the studio on, will Joseph, go from there. Hang on, let's let's not go there yet. We'll get to our dislikes in a minute, and I, that feels like a dislike <laughs> category to me. This is Movie Bite, a show where we discuss, praise, lament, or sometimes even lampoon movies, TV shows, culture, and more. The show is hosted by me, I'm TJ Draper, and by my co-host, Joseph Darnell of Movieology fame. How are you, Joseph? TJ, it is great to be back. How are you? Doing well. I've had a long week. Uh, I uh, meant to write a review about Battleship, which we're going to be talking about later, but I just I, there was just no time ever at all during <sighs> this week. In fact, uh, you and I were just finishing up the show outline, which we usually finish at least an hour before this. <laughs> mm, yeah, we were. But hey, don't tell the audience yet. Oh, we're well, you know, spoil they, it for them. They like to know the inner workings of things, or they like to feel like they're informed, don't they? And now they've officially cut off the podcast. Yeah, they've stopped. They're not listening anymore. Hey, well, let's get started. I want to keep this under an hour today. This is my goal. Let's keep this under an hour. Uh, we did <laughs> and get seeing some, as I, how we are addressing Battleship, that should be no problem whatsoever. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, I did get some feedback uh, last week from a friend of mine who said, you know, I wish you would get to the main topic sooner. So let's let's get through. We do want to address some news items and things of interest, but we want to get to the main topic of Battleship a little quicker this week. So Okay, yeah, that should be right no in. problem. All right, so first story today. Monsters Incorporated is coming in 3D to theaters. How do you feel about this, Joseph? Future. I think it's lame. I, I had the exact same thought. I'm like, <sighs> this is a money grab, and I, I really don't like 3D anyway. Um, and so what's the point? You know, it's just like... This is such a money grab. And Monsters is a fine movie, but really, seriously, why do we need this in 3D? I, I, I just don't care. Well, well, okay, depends on what point of view I take as the audience. If I'm thinking about it as Joseph Darnell, in the interest of movies that Joseph Darnell would like to watch for his own personal pleasure, Monsters Incorporated is a terrific film. I enjoy it. I think it's one of the... Uh, the best film, family films of the last twenty years. You know, it's just it's just superb. It's so novel. It's yeah. so creative. Yep. And it was uh, it's 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 got a great story. It's very compelling. It's fun. It's engaging. It's everything. It's everything great about a great Pixar film. But the problem with Monsters 3D movie edition for an older audience that's familiar with the movie is that it really brings nothing new to the table, and. 3D is still disappointing. I mean, yeah. it's it's still disappointing. Like, had they had they said we're re-releasing re-releasing Monsters Incorporated and we're going to give you a free bag of popcorn at the entrance to the theater, <laughs> that would have been more interesting. <laughs> or if they had said Monsters Incorporated and IMAX, that might have been compelling. But before we talk about IMAX. Can you see yourself taking your kids to see this movie in theaters? Or you know, I mean, grant you, they weren't even around at the time that the movie originally came out. No, they weren't. No, I, I, I can't see that. I mean, I, you know, I'm. Why would I take them to a 3D movie? I hate 3D. I don't want them to. The art form is 2D. You know, that that's what I've always said about this whole 3D business. Is the art form is 2D. I, I let's forget about this 3D garbage. Well, I have a theory about that. See, Disney knows that they're mooching. On us, they're, they're, this is all about commercialization. They're just milking Pixar. They bought Pixar, and now they they just want to get a lot of money. 
more money than they already have gathered from Pixar. So that's why it's coming back to theaters is how I feel. But this isn't the first time that Disney brought their movies back to theaters. Back in the 90s, some of their earlier Disney classic cartoons came back to theaters. And as a child, I was probably about eight years old, and my mom took me to see Pinocchio. Now, it was kind of touching in a a familial way, because my mom explained that it was one of the first films she ever saw as a kid. Mm. So... To me, it was kind of moving because I'm just an eight-year-old, and it was one of the first films I've ever seen in theaters. And I enjoy, I, you know, I honest to goodness enjoyed the story and enjoyed the film, and I was able to experience the movie-going experience with my mom. So that was kind of cool as a kid. So I can see the benefit to children seeing Monsters Incorporated in theaters. So that's that's on the one hand, that's why it came back to theaters. But I think that to make it interesting for the adult audience. You could say that for some people, 3D actually works for them. And, and, and a lot of those people are adults. So maybe they're thinking, I mean, obviously, it, it, it is a marketing gimmick. Yeah. There's really no excuse for 3D. But it is interesting as an adult that if my wife or somebody told me, hey, why don't you take your kids out to see Monsters Incorporated? I would sigh and say, okay. But then if they told me it's in 3D, I would I would kind of huh, have them. And then I would think to myself, eh, well, you know, it, it, it can't be all that bad. At least ways it'll be nice to see it in a different way somehow. It's nice to know that there's something unique about going to see it in the theater again. Yeah. Well, yeah, I suppose. I, you know, to me, if it were being re-released to theaters... Maybe it was some anniversary of it or something. Which I'm, I'm sorry. When did when did Monsters Inc. come out? It's uh, let me look up here. It came out when I was a kid. <laughs> the the timetable is uh, in the life of Joe. It was when I was oh I wasn't a kid. What am I talking about? I would have been about eleven years old. Well, that's a kid. I was quite yeah, no. I was a very mature eleven year old. <laughs> okay. Uh, so Monsters, Inc. came out in 2001. So if it was like a 10-year anniversary or a 15-year anniversary or whatever, re-releasing it to theaters, I don't have a problem with That would be kind of fun. I never saw Monsters, Inc. in the theater, and so that would be fun to go re-experience that in the theater. But the whole 3D thing just is off-putting to me. So it's Yeah, on a, the it, one hand, I think I've convinced myself that I wouldn't mind seeing it in theater, but then at the same time, I'm kind of like, okay, really, come on. Yeah. All right. So, so it's not as bad as it could have been. That's that. That's what we think about it. So The Dark Knight Rises, director's cut. Okay, so the story the the story here is that it's all hearsay. It is a rumor, right? There's no guarantee no, that we're getting a No, it's totally a cut. rumor. It's it's somebody heard somebody say that there might be perhaps somebody said somewhere else higher up that there might be a director's cut coming out on the Blu-ray. I don't buy this for a second. Uh, and and if it is true, it'll make me sad. Now, why would it make you sad? Uh, because I I am of the opinion, along with uh, many other directors, that the film that went to theater is the film that should have went to theater, and if it wasn't, that that's tough. Uh, that, you, there's very rare exceptions, and I do have exceptions, but the film that went to theater is the one that should be preserved and the one that you should see. Uh, there was reasons why scenes were cut, there were reasons why things were left out or things were put in or things were chosen to be as they were, and a director's cut is not necessarily better. In fact, I can usually point out to you why director's cuts are worse after I've seen them. Uh, and there are rare exceptions. 
Uh, I, I feel that sometimes the reason that a director's cut may be warranted is simply because the director had a vision and it gets lost once the studio decides, sorry, but your movie is already pushing two and a half hours in length. You, you got to cut, cut something. And yeah. so it's not necessarily that it's unnecessary material. It's just that audiences couldn't tolerate it uh, in theaters. At the same time, you hear stories all the time about directors pushing back and saying, you know what, this movie does need to be this long. I can think of at least two films right now that are like that, and, and they, they, they did need to be as long as they were, and it was fine. So some of that, I think, may be weak director, or you know, he doesn't have the clout that he should have, or whatever. Mm. Um, but, you know, and, and I always lose a little respect when the studio does that for the studio. What, what are you doing messing with the director's film? You hired him. Did you, did you lose confidence in him? You know? So, yeah, absolutely. And, well, I'm not, I'm not saying that uh, the the director's opinion is sacred and you know it should be adhered to at all cost. Um, sometimes I think that the writer's um, original vision for scenes that ultimately end up cut um, because they they just didn't belong in the ultimate length of the film is simply it's it's not so much that the scene was unnecessary, but that sometimes the director's execution was at fault as well. Hmm. That the characters deserved it, and perhaps the screenplay is is rather is rather good, but then it's just the way in which it got to screen that it you know yeah. it, it's well, ultimately not great in the cutting room. Well, here's the other reason why I actually don't buy that there is a director's cut of well, okay, I would say this: there is a director's cut of The Dark Knight Rises, and it was the one we saw in the theater. I mean, come on, this is Nolan. Every film, I mean, every, the Batman franchise was doing very well. Why would the studio mess with it? Uh, I think I'm inclined Nolan, to agree with you. I think Nolan could have done anything he wanted, and uh, the studio wouldn't have said a word. Uh, I think, in large part, he did. Right, right. This and film, so, this film is so much bigger than The Dark Knight, and The Dark Knight was so much bigger than Batman Begins. Right. It's evidence that the produ- the producers are trusting. Nolan more and more. They're giving him more control. Yeah, exactly. And that that's the, the one of the big reasons why I don't buy that there's a director's cut. And and frankly, I don't uh or that there or that there's an alternate cut from what we saw in the theater called the director's cut. Uh like I said, I think the director's cut went to the theater. And uh I don't think Nolan even if it wasn't quite the movie he wanted if the studio did mess with it, he doesn't seem like the type that wants to go and fiddle with it and release a director's cut. Uh, that just doesn't, I mean, I think he's done and over with Batman. I think Batman's over for him. So that, that's really the reason I'm not buying it. I have to wonder, like, I, I wish I could have a beer with Christopher Nolan and just <laughs> You and me both. <laughs> yeah, you know, just say, now, be serious. <laughs> you know, if you, you, I, I'd, I'd just love to ask him, what would you do differently about these three films if you could go back? Well, you know, I mean, I think he, I think in an interview not too long ago, he said something to the effect of, you know, he he isn't really satisfied with his older films. That if he mm. any of his older films, now that he looks back on them, he wishes. I mean, he knows specific things he'd go back and change. Well, are any of us like, ever wow. satisfied with our our older work? I mean, we're always improving. We're always thinking of new ways to do things. I can. I, that's true for me, whether it's a website or something I've edited on a film or whatever. It's I always could look back and find fault. So I think Nolan's probably no different. Mm. Also, Nolan strikes me as kind of more of a wine guy, not a beer. But I could be wrong. <laughs> You're probably right. I don't know. Maybe if it was an Irish pub. Ah, uh, well, that could be. Anyway. Okay. So, but you know, okay. So, director's cut aside, though, 
if you could have whatever you wanted in the home entertainment release on Blu-ray with this film or with the whole of the trilogy, all three parts combined, some new special edition with all three, a, a collector set, what would you ask for in that set? Or what uh, would you ask for added to these films? Oh, if, if it's not, to if it's not edited scenes. Are you talking about not necessar- the- yeah, not necessarily edited scenes, but I mean like extra features or... Okay, you're talking what. about special features. Well, okay, there's two things that I would want. Like, okay, I really enjoyed the uh, making of, of The Hunger Games. There was a lot there. There was a lot of story there. There was a lot of fun facts. There was a lot of good footage. They had a really great second unit there doing taking care of that. I would want to see that for Batman because I love the Batman films. I want to know how they were made. I want to know more about that. And the second thing I would ask for, while, I again, I don't think that the movies should have these in them in general, I like to watch deleted scenes and to see what was cut and maybe see why they did or didn't uh, include those scenes. Um, I like to see that. So that would be fun. I like, to, I like deleted scenes except for when they mess with the ending. Like the butterfly effect, it had an alternate ending or two. And it dramatically changes the meaning of the ending. And, and as a member of the audience, you really get sold that the way the story ends can only happen one way. And that is the way that it happens in the final cut. And then when they show you these alternate endings, it's jarring, right? Because you're like, oh, you're messing with my psyche. You're messing mm. with the story. You're messing with the fundamental, the, the fundamentals, like something crucial. It's not an edited scene like the guy happening to go out for a jog where nothing really happened except that we show the passage of time. You know, it's not like that. You're showing that something astronomical changed, like somebody died versus the way it happens in the movie or vice versa. Yeah. That he lives instead of dying, you know. That's huge. I don't in general mind that to see where what directions they could have gone or what they might have done and how they ultimately said, no, let's tell a better story. I don't mind that at all. So you and I are of a little different uh, opinion on that. Yeah, that's that's one thing I'm willing to be a little subjective about because I, I think that you're – I think you're thinking a bit more objectively than I am. Mm, maybe so. But what I would like to see in a trilogy package of this set are director's commentaries. Nolan, please – if you're listening to our show, and I know you do, then give us some director's <laughs> commentaries. <laughs> All right. All right, well, Joseph, what movies are you looking forward to this year? Right now, right now, what's the next movie you're looking forward to? Well, the reason that this comes up is because we're in the transition, we're wrapping up the summer, and fall is generally considered a slump in the movie theaters, if you ask me. But that's not because there aren't good films to see. There's a lot of good DVD, Blu-ray releases, and there's also, um, there are occasional art house films that are notable. And just once in a blue moon, there's something more than an art house film that comes out in the fall time. And, and, and so the one that I have my eye on right now, it just came out in uh, a film festival, and it seemed to be well-received. The critics really like it, is Looper. And this is starring Joseph Gordon-Levitt and, uh, isn't it Bruce Willis? Correct. I, I'm compelled to see this film. I don't expect it to be earth-shattering, but I think it could be a very fun sci-fi action flick. Yeah, I'm, I'm definitely looking forward to Looper. That, that would be my pick as well. Uh, I, I, I really, um, yeah, I'm really looking forward to it. I love the premise of the trailer, uh, I loved everything about the trailer, and I really hope that the film does the trailer justice. 
Uh, but then the other film that I'm I'm would be interested in seeing, but it's not doing. They're not doing a wide release. It's only opening in three hundred some theaters, and not in any around where I'm at is branded. I kind of want to see that too. So, uh, well, the thing though about branded for me is that it's kind of hard to figure it. Oh, I kinda t- like, definitely. I, <laughs> and that's not always a bad thing. I like a good suspense. I like a good thriller. But this involves a heck of a lot of sci-fi that I don't think is easy to explore the way it's executed. You're talking about this guy seeing very hallucinogenic type stuff, and it's supposed to be really happening. So the hallucination is what's real, and what most people in the story see, which involves none of the hallucination-looking stuff, is supposed to not be real. And so uh, it's kind of like, what if the Matrix movie, what if the, the world in the Matrix... Carefully, you're on holy ground. Okay. Go ahead. God forbid that anything <laughs> be changed about the Matrix as it is. But imagine if the Matrix world looked like it was a, a 16-bit game. And somehow everybody was so deranged in their sleeper state that they actually thought that this was very realistic. And that once they, w- they get up out of the machine and get up out of the matrix and they experience real world, the real world and realize that everything is in like a thousand bits. You know, it's, everything is gorgeous and three-dimensional and uh, depth of field and everything like that. <laughs> You see what I'm saying? But there's there is actually a little bit of that to the matrix. I mean, because there's a bit of a dreamlike quality to the matrix. Uh, exactly. And, and you, you didn't know any better. Okay, but uh, follow my train of thought here. Okay. Let's say they did that. I could almost buy it, although it would feel a little absurd to believe that everybody would fall for a 16-bit universe. But now let's say that you reverse the situation. That reality, which looks absolutely real, is actually what's not true. And the reality is the 16-bit version. And that's how I feel branded is. It's like you're you're messing man. you're messing with reality, man, mm. in a few a few too many ways. Okay. And so that's beyond my believability scope. I, I cannot jump over that gap. <laughs> okay. Well, I'm I'm a little more optimistic about the film, uh, so I'm I'm not I'm not looking I'm not expecting it to be the same film that Looper might be. I, I would I would think that Looper would be a better film in my book, but you know we'll see. Hopefully, I'll get to see Branded at some point, somehow, some way. If not, if nothing else, they'll release it to home video, home, uh, and you know, uh, home entertainment release, and then I'll be able to watch it. I can't. I keep wanting to say home video, and I guess that's still technically correct. But when I think of home videos, I think of VHS or DVD. So. <laughs> yeah, I know, and I'm always catching myself. Um, I started making a habit recently to just call it home entertainment release, yeah, rather than the DVD release or catch it on iTunes when it's new and stuff like that, because a lot of people, you know, everybody does it in a different way. <laughs> so it can get yeah. confusing fast because a lot of people are like, you're still using DVDs. I mean, come on, bro. I mean, you're, you're young, you're smart. Shouldn't you be, you know, <laughs> streaming? And right. Like, uh... <laughs> so anyway, okay. both of us are looking forward to Looper. So uh, I'm sure we'll be, as soon as that gets in theaters, we'll be reviewing that here on Movie Bite. Yay. All right. So here we go. Main topic, Battleship. I, I got to tell you, Joseph. I I went. To, maybe this is the power of underestimating the film, or just I I, I thought it was going to be a really bad film. And at first, I thought my worst fears were realized. But as the movie progressed, I realized it's not as bad of a film as I thought it might be. Ha! Huh. So that that's uh, 
that's where I'm at on the film. Uh, but I, you know, I've got some issues with it and stuff. But uh, let's talk about Battleship. How did you feel about it? <laughs> it was one of the worst movies of the year. It was terrible. This, this, of course, coming from the guy who liked the, the Born Legacy, which I hated. Yes. So. Uh, you know, my in-laws saw The Born Legacy today, and so it stirred up the conversation about that. They like a lot of uh, watching a lot of action flicks, and and so their opinion mattered to me because they have a lot more experience with action films than I do. And they they weren't as ecstatic about it as I was, no, I, although I wasn't ecstatic, okay? but I, I enjoyed it, and they enjoyed it, but they enjoyed it to a lesser extent. Yeah, as I recall, um, I'm just I'm looking it up right now. You gave the Born Legacy something like three and a half stars. Yes, but that is comparable to the rating the audience gave it on Rotten Tomatoes. And no, I didn't come up with my evaluation by looking at the Rotten Tomatoes evaluation. But I sincerely chose my star rating and then looked it up, and I was in mostly in an agreement with uh, the audience. So my case rests. Okay. Well, as long as you look to the, to your audience or to the audience to get your affirmation, I guess that's good. So back to Battleship. Um, the budget for this film was two hundred nine million dollars, uh, and uh, domestically, it it didn't get anywhere near that um, so far. It is uh, sitting right now at sixty five million two hundred thirty three thousand domestically. Now, worldwide, it's done a lot better, apparently, uh, worldwide. Uh, we are over that way. You know, they've made a good bit of money on this film, $302 million. That being said, the domestic total makes me wonder if there will be a sequel. But uh, that, that's kind of that's the figures for uh, what, how it's doing at the box office. I think uh, a sequel is all up in the air until we see the, the release of Monopoly and Candyland. <laughs> And, well, and then well, the well, then the studio on, will Joseph. go from there. Hang on, let's let's not go there yet. We'll get to our dislikes in a minute, and I, that feels like a dislike <laughs> category to me. Uh, so okay, uh, sorry. So, yeah. Um, now now opening weekend um, was not so great. It was uh, twenty five million. Uh, if I recall, uh, forgive me, I I don't have that figure right in front of me, but I think that's on par with um, uh, Total Recall, the new Total Recall which wasn't hmm. that great. I think that's right in that ballpark. Hmm. Um, it was a pretty wide release, 3,702 theaters. So, uh, yeah, opening weekend wasn't so good. But, uh, you know, so uh, to me, a sequel is kind of up in the air. But it, it seemed like a movie made in the with the idea of there will be more. So it'll be interesting to see. You have a note here that I was not aware of. Jeremy Renner was originally cast as Alex Hopper, but dropped out in order to co-star in The Master, which he also later dropped out of. Oh, I had one more uh, note about the box office results. Oh, okay, okay, go ahead. Yeah, is is it just me? But it seems kind of weird. the The box office results on IMDb is considerably different from the box office results on Rotten Tomatoes. Hmm. It says there that the box office total is sixty five point two million, but on IMDb. It lists the gross, okay, worldwide. Okay, that's what it was. Sorry. Yeah, yeah. Never I'm, mind. Well, I'm, I'm getting my stats from Box Office Mojo, which is usually considered to be the most uh, reliable and, and up-to-date. So. Ah, good. All right. Yep. Yeah, well, Jeremy Renner, yeah, that was pretty interesting. I'm so glad that he wasn't in this movie uh, to tarnish his good reputation that's getting underway here. It's kind of like James Franco, you know? James Franco is a really talented actor, and he's he's done a few... A few good hits. Mm-hmm. 
but he he hasn't been consistent when he was up at bat, and so he he does some terrible terrible uh, you know characters like um, what was his name Harry Osborn in the Spider Man films. Like uh, I'm sorry, I don't know what was going on there. I think it was misdirection. I think that Sam Raimi did an excellent execution of most of the characters in his Spider-Man trilogy. But when it came to Harry Osborn and James Franco, they just stunk. Hmm. His character was awful, two-dimensional, lame dialogue, um, bad motivation, and ultimately a superfluous character in the end. Yeah, and not faithful to the source material. Yeah, see, I don't care about the source material when it comes to comic movies. You know, people may hate me for that, but uh, and I didn't feel that way about Franco in Spider Man. Mm -hmm. Uh, But that's that's another topic for another day, I think. So with Jeremy Renner, however, if Jeremy had been in Battleship, I think that it could have easily had been his Spider Man Harry Osborn role. It could, it could have, have been just that, that, I, that bad. I really, after seeing the film, I doubt it would have hurt his reputation that much, if at all. But, you know, I think that ultimately it probably is better off that he's not in the film. Um, you have a notable quote listed here, if you want to go into that. Oh, yeah. Well, the, I don't know. Maybe we should address that when we get to the dislikes, because I kind of put that in there as a as a hit against them. Okay. <laughs> The, my actually my favorite quote from the movie was uh, when uh, Hopper said, uh, "I've got a bad feeling about this," and I can't remember who was standing by him said, "What kind of bad feeling?" And he says, uh, "Like we're gonna need a new planet, kind of bad." <laughs> that was kind of funny. Yeah, that okay. That was the one time I have to admit I cracked a smile. Yeah, that was fun <laughs> in a good way. Yeah. I'm smiling with them. <laughs> so Joseph, uh, you you seem to be better about giving us the brief on the plot. So why don't you do that for us? Okay, yeah, the summary. Um, well, anybody who knows anything knows that this movie was named after the board, or not the board game, but the the game that you buy in a box like it were a board game, the plastic battleship game, you know. So, so here here's the the brief on it though. If you didn't know beyond the fact that it was based on the game, then here goes. Battleship is an epic scaled action adventure that unfolds at sea and in the skies and on land so it's not just involving the ocean it's not just involving battles at sea this happens in the air and on the ground as well in different parts the battle against the aliens ensues all over the place and in hawaii by the way and uh as our planet fights for survival against these superior aliens uh things just go from bad to worse really fast now the movie is inspired by the classic game naval combat game as hasbro would have it um and battleship stars taylor kitsch as lieutenant alex hopper rihanna the pop singer as petty officer rakes is that how it was pronounced yes okay and international superstar liam neeson as hopper and stone's superior uh admiral shane and uh, but he he was also the father of Hopper's girlfriend. Yep. In the film, and so uh, that's really all you need to know about this film. Besides what we are going to rate it. All right. So Rotten Tomatoes, the tomato meter, uh, the critics didn't really like this film. It's at thirty four percent, which is pretty much rotten or green or how do they however they display that. 
the audience is more 50 50 uh you know the you know some 50 percent liked it 50 percent didn't the actual stats are 53 um imdb rating of six stars so uh you know. Now, yeah, the IMDb rating is a little surprising to me because I, I always kind of figured that IMDb was a, a larger uh, base of more critical uh, film watchers. Mm-hmm. You know that they are they're a little bit more um, particular, a little bit snobbier in a good way than the the Rotten Tomato Rotten Tomatoes audience. But the Rotten Tomatoes audience was not as forgiving of Battleship as the IMDb. So yeah. Well, what didn't what didn't we like about this film? Uh, first of all, I think that this film would have been better off if. It well, had real been... quick, do you, I'm sorry. Before we go any further, did we actually mention our star rating yet? We haven't. Do you want to mention it now? Do you sure, think it sure, makes I can it kind of ex- it may explain things better? Okay, I'd give it two and a half stars. Two and a half out of five, right? Correct, two and a half out of five. Okay, and for the record, I give this one and a half out of five stars. Yeah, you, you didn't enjoy it as much as I did. Nope. And like I said, I got I got into the movie, and at first I was ready to give it one star, and you know, or a half star, or a zero, or what whatever. But you know, as it got going, I I got a little more into it, and I enjoyed it a lot more than I thought. So it's one of those movies where if a friend wanted to watch it, this is why I gave it two and a half stars. If a friend wanted to watch it, I'd watch it with them. I wouldn't go watch it again on purpose because it wasn't that great, but it was good enough that I would watch it again. Whereas I I would actively seek to never watch The Bourne Legacy again. That was why I gave it this rating that I did. Hmm. I <laughs> so see. this was different from that. Um, I think this film would have been far better off if they had allowed, if they had just said, you know, it was kind of inspired originally by the game Battleship, but we really kind of moved beyond that. And and to say that it was based off Battleship was just, I, you know, I think you mentioned to me in chat the other day that you were tired of the tie-ins, and I, I kind of agree with you. Um, so that I think this film would have been better off to just have sort of left that behind. You know that now there are a few good tie-ins that come up every now and then. I'm. I, but I do believe that generally they're a bad idea. A great tie-in from a movie uh, with something else from culture was the original Pirates of the Caribbean movie. Yes, based off a ride. <laughs> yeah, based off of a ride at, at Disney World, right? Yes. Now, I'd never been to Disney World. Well, okay, I was when my mom was pregnant with me, but I don't think that counts. <laughs> so no. I, I rode the Pirates of the Caribbean ride, as a matter of fact, but... The the movie, the first film especially, although it had very little in common with the ride when it was all said and done, it was a great, fun story. Right. And that's that's more of a case of inspired by. Like, we started there and we thought, well, what, what you know, then they kind of built it out, built out a whole lore and franchise. Uh, yeah, and they didn't feel compelled to do something hokey that was actually reminiscent of something in the actual ride. Right. Like, you know, I think that the actual ride has something of like a, you know, pirate musical ditty, you know? Right. And it wasn't like they felt compelled to somehow tie that ditty into the movie. Right. You know, just because they had to, just to to pay homage to the source. Whereas with the Battleship movie, I think that they went to great lengths to try and make a tie-in to the game that was just, it really wasn't there. 
Yeah, but it was my, obvious what they were what they were trying to do. Exactly. Like for just as one instance, my wife was pointing out to me that the uh, I don't know what you would call them the bomb things that the aliens would throw and they would stick in the deck for a minute and then blow the ship up. Uh, <laughs> those were very reminiscent from the game. You know. Yeah, they, they looked like very uh, elaborate um, bottle bomb type things that the hippies would have used. <laughs> you, know? <laughs> you know, but but on a bigger scale, the aliens are using these bottle bombs. You know, right now, um, <laughs> you know, like I said at first, I was ready to give this thing one star because it felt like for the first twenty, maybe thirty minutes, this film didn't know what kind of a film it wanted to be. Did you feel that way about it, Joseph? Like, like mm. it, it couldn't decide whether it was action or drama or comedy. I mean, just what was it? What, they didn't know what genre they were in at first. Yeah, it was poorly. Yeah, you're I, right. That, I, and that was something that I didn't even think to bother to list, but you're right. It, 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 you know, I, la- I, I cracked a couple of smiles in the beginning, and, but I could tell they were going for the humor and it wasn't there. And just like when uh, Hopper was late, <sighs> Uh, okay, first of all, you're not late in the Navy. You just aren't. You would not make it to lieutenant if you were late in the Navy, yeah. perpetually, as they kept trying exactly. to say that he was. But, you know, and he's he's crossing the front row in front of the admiral who he's about to ask his d- daughter's hand in marriage. And he's crossing the front row during a ceremony because he was late. It's just the stupidest thing. And they were uh, trying to establish how irresponsible he was, but that he was going to, you know, you could tell they were trying to establish this because later he was going to man up and take the responsibility. It could have been established in far better ways than that silly, childish way, just poor feel, filmmaking. I think that that was one of their, um, I think that that was a way, a way that the film clued us in fairly quickly in the movie that they were not trying to be faithful to the real world military at all. Obviously, yes, agreed. Um, and and, and, and yeah. yeah, had had the film though respected the real world navy, it would have been far more interesting to me. Right, and and it's not like they didn't try to make it real world in other ways. One of the notes I made was, well, that's interesting. They've gone out of their way to. Uh, tell us that this isn't really the real world with the way that he, this guy's still in the Navy, for instance. But then they cut in, uh, they, they used Obama's actual voice and cut together him saying things to make him be a part of the movie. Like, our actual yeah. president is in this movie, as if this is really <laughs> happening. And this is just bizarre. Like, if you would have had some actor play a unnamed president or just, you know, just to make it more loosely relatable to us, but no president that we know... It would have been far more believable, right? But this is Obama saying these things that he never actually said because they've cut stuff together from him saying things. Um, it, it just was weird. Did, did it seem to you that even the things they clipped together of Obama making a formal address to the nation after the attack from the aliens, that it, it didn't bear the seriousness and the weight of the crisis in the movie? Like when, um, don't get I me started to, about whether or not he could actually ever do that. But anyway, <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm thinking about George W. Bush after nine 11. Oh, sure. You're, talk, you're talking about a real crisis that's impacting the nation and the world at large. Yeah. Here you have aliens that have just invaded your world and it's likely that we're all gonna die (laughs) and obama is uh giving a formal address like he's talking about somebody's budget because he probably was from the clips yeah (laughs) (laughs) it was bad it was very bad uh i agree (laughs) um yeah so it didn't work well and and if because and and like I said, it kind of felt like they wanted it to be grounded in reality in that way there. But in other ways, they didn't. Like, and this is part of the uh, 
um, schizophrenia that this film had, I think, and not knowing quite what genre it wanted to be in, at least at first. And uh, You I couldn't have said it better. I hadn't thought of it that way. But this is a classic movie of a case of schizophrenia. Yeah. And it settled in later. Like, they, you know, they, they started to settle in and figure out, oh, this is the genre we want to be in. Okay, uh, we're going to be a, a modern action movie. And that's what I thought I was in for. That's why it was just a little odd and off-putting. Uh, and, and I love the, the, the question from Liam Neeson, or, or it was more of a statement. I don't know what, he, what my daughter sees in that man. And you're sitting here going, gee, I don't either. The, the whole love story felt a little bit manufactured. <laughs> yeah. Um, I, I don't see what Liam Neeson saw in being a part of this movie. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't either. I mean, I, he probably, who knows? Who knows? Like, who speculate on that? I'm not, I'm not going to I, I think I think every actor ha- makes a bad film at least once a decade, if not more. Well, and the weird thing is, Liam Neeson, like, wasn't used in the movie. Like, if, if they would have used him, it would have been a better movie. If he'd been on one of the ships or somehow more involved in the action, I mean, because that's kind of how you think of Neeson, right? Yeah, I think they just ended up using his name to draw an audience exactly. rather than uh, include him in on the story. Exactly. Had they included him on the battleship with Hopper and exposing their conflict and working out their differences together, I think that would have made a far more com- compelling um, premise not necessarily a better movie, but a better premise. Right, and I thought about this, too, because my first thought was, well, they wanted him to be able to take command of the ship. But what they should have done is had the Admiral on the ship with him, he was the next ranking officer left alive, and then the Admiral was seriously injured. And so, he, you know, you still let Hopper take command of the ship, and you still are able to work out relationship stuff with them. That would have been the way to do it, you know, so I, or, I, I just or became even, a screenwriter, but, you know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, or even if they had just let the Admiral be abducted by the aliens and have oh, to sure. be rescued by Hopper. There's, I, I don't there's know. another Something. avenue they could have gone down. And that's another thing with these sorts of movies. It's kind of like with Independence Day, which just bears some resemblance to uh, in terms of the way the aliens are handled. Um, I, I, I really felt like the aliens weren't well fleshed out. Like, you, I wanted to know more about them. Didn't you? Yeah. Yeah. So that that was such a disappointment. As, but that is pretty common with alien movies. It is. It was more of a, a plot device. We have aliens. Here they are. We got to fight them. Uh, and we actually got a little more aliens than we often do in this sort of movie, where they did actually show us a little bit of what the aliens looked like. And I did feel like, and I'm starting to get into my likes a little bit, but I did feel like they actually uh, had a nice plot point with the eyes. And, and, oh, my lizard has eyes like that, and he's really you know sensitive to sunlight sort of thing. So I thought that I, I have huh. no idea if that has any scientific basis or not, but it was kind of fun. Um, yeah. So mm, interesting. No, but, I mean, actually, you know, there, in the real world, there are a lot of lizards that live out in the desert, and they're totally exposed to sunlight all the time. Yeah, but, I know you're right. So but there is, are, yeah. So it's inconsistent across the board. You can't say that that's true of all lizards, but it is true of a great deal of them. I guess. Right. And my my final complaint, at least the one the final complaint I have listed here on this official list that I made, is um, I really don't know why Rihanna was in this movie. She was just, in fact, I felt like they focused a little too much on a minor character that she was playing because it was Rihanna. Well, um, okay, I think that perhaps the the studio and Hasbro working together and trying to make up things as they went along in the production, they probably told themselves 
this movie is never going to work and we're never going to draw an audience if we don't have a significant leading female role and character. And sure. so we, uh, let's see, what, what can we do? Well, um, do we have the money? Do we have the budget to get a real star? Well, yeah, we can afford any star we want. Okay, cool. Well, let's, let's try to go for someone popular. Uh, try to get someone that the young women and you know know who 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 this person is. Get somebody that will draw a young female audience, so that maybe guys and girls will go watch this on a date. Yeah, yeah, that sounds like a great idea. Um, and then, uh, well, what are we gonna do for her character though? Who should she be in the movie? Uh, should she be the 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 leading guy's um, girlfriend? Uh, I don't know. Well, another thing we could do is we could just turn one of the other um, Navy men into a female. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what we ought to do. Yeah, so just take one of the roles that was already written for a man and uh, give it to her. Exactly. And, and, and you know, I think you, you, you probably did draw in more people than it would have otherwise because, you know, Rihanna's a pretty popular pop singer. Um, and she's got a pretty decent voice. So Now, uh, I'm saying that harshly towards the production oh, towards sure, the producers no, totally. but to be honest although it her although her character was somewhat lacking and all that i wasn't yeah it was forgettable I, I actually didn't mind her character i didn't mind her performance although it was unrealistic that yeah i i didn't feel like her performance was great but i, I i've certainly seen worse and and you know i i see you see this sometimes where uh, an, a singer or somebody wants to get into a crossover into acting and you know this was her ticket in i guess justin timberlake anybody yeah exactly uh there's another one i'm thinking of i can't quite bring the name to my tip of my tongue but yes that's that's the sort of thing so and it's not necessarily evidence that she's incapable of of good acting or great acting it's just another example of i mean because even liam liam was about as poorly presented as rihanna was so i think it really goes back to the problem here was with the production as a whole and the director yeah Yeah. i don't blame rihanna for anything in her role in this movie yeah, no, I sure. I it's hard to. It, I wouldn't want to judge Rihanna just based on that. But it, 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 she wasn't. She certainly wasn't the best. It certainly wasn't the best acting performance one could have hoped for. Uh, and and again, it was also compounded by the fact that it felt like they were focusing in on a minor character a little too much. So actually, a number of minor characters got a lot of attention. Yeah. And then a major character again, like Liam, who shows up in a lot of the movie posters, has a throwaway you know, character performance. Completely, totally. Yeah, they, they did not use him to good effect. Um, yeah. So, did you and, have and, any other... No, go ahead. Oh, no, go ahead. You, no, you go ahead. I was just going to ask if you had any other dislikes before we talked about anything we liked. Oh, my friend, I have not even gotten started. Excellent. Go ahead. Okay, dislikes. Here we go. Um, I had to add to my list a couple of the things that you mentioned because you <laughs> had the nail on the head. Um, the schizophrenia especially. Um, a few other things I just didn't like. Um, uh, connecting the movie to the traditional battleship uh, game was an enormous stretch. I mean, not and not to the point of just, uh, you know, poorly executed, but this was like stupid, a stupid connection to the game. There really isn't a connection. You're right. There isn't. Had, had they even just called the movie Battleship? But it had not been tied to Hasbro whatsoever as one of the producers. I probably wouldn't have ever 
ever figured that there was a connection between the two. Mm. Except for the fact that the production company backing this film was Hasbro, who is responsible for the game. So obviously that's what they were attempting to go for. Um, The next thing I didn't like was the terrible dialogue. Uninteresting characters. Can you give us an example of the terrible dialogue? I'd be glad to. Um, Okay, so here we go. There was a... There's someone in the movie who who says this. If there is intelligent life out there and they come here, it's going to be like Columbus and the Indians. Only we're the Indians. That was a horrible line. It really and, was. And it was an, an example of their feeble attempts to be witty, clever, and say something original and Agreed. put a new spin on things. Uh, and and the, for the majority of the time, it was worse than this. Uh, the conversation was just stilted. It, it sounded like they they didn't give the actors enough time to rehearse their lines, hmm. or perhaps that the lines were improvised. See, I, I certainly felt that in the beginning of the movie. I felt like it went away as the movie went on. But then, the closer they got to the ending again, they get the, the bad lines returned. I'll bet they filmed the ending toward the beginning, while well, because uh, they probably filmed all the land scenes first. Or, hmm. yeah, probably. Or so. vice versa, something there. Something yeah. like that. But yeah, they were all filmed, all that was probably filmed in close proximity. So, anyway. Okay, so then part of the problem with the dialogue was that I bet you the writers had a hard time connecting to their characters. Yeah. They were hard to, they were hard to write for. So they, they struggled to identify what made their characters unique and why their dialogue should be unique. So I think that Hopper, in large part, was ripped off of the young Captain Kirk of the recent uh, Star Trek film. Hmm, I hadn't thought of that. I I think that there's a lot of similarities there in those two characters. He's supposed to be like the underdog, working up through the ranks of a naval vessel. Kind of disrespectful. He's disrespectful. He doesn't give a darn. He's a hotshot. He's just trying to impress ladies and junk like that. Um. So then, uh, because the terrible dialogue was just another symptom due to the uninteresting characters, um, the uninteresting characters and dialogue also caused very poor acting. Like I said, with Liam Neeson, for instance, uh, because the character was poorly presented, uh, Liam was poorly presented. Liam, it was just terrible. Like, if this is what we knew Liam for, imagine he didn't have the rest of his film career behind him. He would be nobody to us. He, his, his performance in this did nothing for him. Um, and yeah. I dare say most to everyone else in the movie. Yeah. Uh, okay, so moving on a bit. Uh, characteristics regarding the aliens were confusing and disinteresting. Like uh, I like it. I like the premise of having aliens in a movie. I think that that's sure. clever. But then the more we learned about these aliens in the movie, the more confusing it got to me. Now, depending on how you look at it, you could you could interpret it different ways. Uh, but even even then, I don't especially care or for the different interpretations and takes you can take on these aliens. For instance, there are many occasions when the aliens have the opportunity to kill. Um, you know, military men or regular civilians, but they didn't face to face. They obviously were, they, they were obviously uh, on the defensive with these, these people, the, these people are probably attacking them or they're trying to steal something from the aliens or they're trying to stop the aliens. 
and the aliens beat about the bush before making the choice to ignore them entirely or to not really put up a good fight against the humans and and the like. There's a couple of times where they tried to explain this. I don't know if you've noticed, there was a lot of examples in the movie where they took the point of view from the alien's eyes. Oh, yeah. Now, they, now, they never did that with the human characters, but they did this with the aliens quite a bit. And it was because, I think, they never have the aliens speak, that they wanted to demonstrate a, de- a choice or a determination that the aliens had taken. So you're seeing, as it were, uh, the, the the projections that the aliens see on the inside of their helmets, kind of like Iron Man, right? As Tony Stark, he has the Iron Man helmet on, and he is seeing all these things that his computer is able to present him, statistics and data and feedback from the computer of his suit. And the aliens are seeing this on the inside of their helmets, And what they do is they show them looking at a battleship and examining where the guns on the battleship are turned. And if the guns are threatening them offensively, ready to target them and attack these aliens, then they consider them a threat and they're going to take them out. But in the case of other battleships, when the gun turrets are not turned their direction, they say it's like insinuated by what's going on in the feedback of the helmet. Oh, okay. The guns are pointed at us. It doesn't matter. We don't need to worry about them. They're not a threat, Mm. but inevitably all the battleships will inevitably be a threat because they're all on one side. Sure. But the aliens don't appear smart enough to figure this out. So they allow, they spare one of the ships simply because they uh, they recognize, oh, the guns are pointed at us. Uh, they're not a threat. We don't need to worry about them. Well, uh, naturally, of course. We're here to create mayhem and take over the world. And mm-hmm. we just just slaughtered multiple, you know, uh, what are they called? Destroyers. But, th- but this one, it's not pointing its guns at us. Okay, we don't need to worry about it. <laughs> yeah. I mean, w- w- what? <laughs> so, so there were those confusing aspects pertaining to the aliens. Um, then there was unauthentic military whatnot. Things that happened with the military character and the characters in the movie. I watched this movie with my um, retired uh, uh, naval officer uh, uh, father-in-law, and so yeah, he 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 was uh, quite the military man. He knows quite a bit, and he was very smart and very good in his field. And uh, he loves the Navy, and he enjoyed the movie for what it was, but at the same time, he was rolling his eyes over and over again (laughs) while watching the movie. Right. Uh, Two examples. Near the end of the film, somebody is referred to as the lieutenant commander, but he's not wearing a lieutenant commander's uniform. Uh. He's He's wearing a lieutenant's uniform. Now, the Navy would never have allowed that to happen in real life. Right. Ever, ever, ever. No doubts about it. It's absolutely ridiculous as to why this guy is called Lieutenant Commander, but not representing the, uh, you know, the uniform. And then there's another example where um, the officers that are alive, the survivors that are trying to make a last stand against the alien vessel in the, in the sea, they got to pick up a ridiculously large missile that's like in storage on the ship and they got to carry it to the cannon that it's going to be shot from. So it takes like six strong, healthy men to pick up this missile, which is weighs hundreds of pounds and carry it to the cannon. 
And one of them mentions what kind of missile and make this is and says, this thing weighs about a thousand pounds, man. We gotta work together. It's gonna be hard. And yeah, it is in the movie. It's really hard for them to move this missile. But then my father-in-law, he laughed and he says, I know that missile. And it doesn't weigh a thousand pounds. It weighs 2,300 pounds. <laughs> they would have never carried it. Yeah, with, with no exception. It would have been impossible for six men to carry. Yeah. It's things like that. You know, it's like, really, come on. Yeah, it does seem like they would have wanted to get their facts a little bit more in order. So. <sighs> okay, but I, let's try to get around to some of the likes now, shall we? Yeah, we need to. It's, we're coming. We're we're just at fifty minutes now, according to my iPhone, which I started actually about a minute in. I forgot to start it at first. So tick 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 tick. Yes, tick, tick, tick. Um, it was a better movie than I was expecting. Um, once you know, you know, once the story got to be un- unfolding, yeah, I know you're mentioning some of these technical issues with the the poundage and stuff of the um, missile, but I, I I kind of enjoyed the drama and the suspense once we got into it. Uh, I felt like it was uh, really well done in some ways, in some places. I, I really well done is pushing it. It was, it was, it was good. It was okay. Uh, one of my particularly favorite uh, parts is when they can't see each other. Uh, they can't see the aliens. The aliens can't see them. It's dark, and the radar. Something about I, I can't remember exactly what the circumstances were. But then they uh, Nagata uh, came up with the way of using the water buoys and stuff that transmit. And and I you know whether that was factual or real or not I enjoyed the scenes and the way that they unfolded in that I, I enjoyed that part. It was pretty clever. Yeah, I don't I don't know about how it was executed. I I can't say I was always satisfied with the water buoys uh, element. Um, but yeah, I liked I liked the concept. Yeah, I like I guess I liked the way the scenes worked is what I'm saying. Um, in in, in that case, uh, I really enjoyed. Uh, coming back, and and you could, I think they probably even used like actual veterans because um, some of them you could tell couldn't act well. I enjoyed coming back and getting the Missouri and putting it into action. Uh, that that was fun. I, I felt like that was a good uh, twist in the plot that I actually didn't ha- hadn't seen. Most of the other stuff about the movie I could see coming. That one I didn't get it until the even after the battleship was destroyed, and then it clicked when one of them said, "Wait, we do have one ship." And it's like. Oh yeah, of course they do. So that was kind of fun. Um, mm. And then I uh, actually just the opposite of you. I liked being able to see things from the point of view of the aliens. And even though you know that you would see them turn from red to green when they stop pointing the guns or whatever, it, it almost demonstrated to me these really are aliens. They think differently about things, and and things are different from their point of view. So I actually kind of enjoyed that. So mm. uh, okay. You know, after all, if they are aliens on another world, then they have to think in terms of their own culture and all that stuff. Clearly, they're an intelligent life form, so they can make their own determinations, even if I, I don't find them very reasonable or logical. Yeah. So, were, did you have some things you liked about this film? Yeah. Um, well, I do like the premise of a, a battleship-type story. And I don't think that there are enough good military movies that involve the Navy. There, there's a great deal that involve the Air Force or the Army. Um, there's been a few good films about the Marines, and some good you know movies that are simply about war times mm-hmm. that involve multiple branches of the military. Those are cool. 
But all in all, I, I think the Navy is one branch of the military I'd like to see more of. I just find it interesting. Uh, think about the hunt for Red October. Yes, absolutely. It's uh, There's a lot of potential there. Yeah. And I don't think it's been explored. I Even agree. if you want to involve sci-fi elements. However, you know, I've already kind of said it, but I don't think the sci-fi worked in this case because it, it was too much of a stretch and it got away from the basis of Battleship the game. Yeah. But I still liked the premise. I think that had someone said, hey, Joe, you want to make a movie for Hasbro and you want to be the director of this film and have a thing to do with its story? Uh, and they said, and I, I would have asked him, well, what movie am I making for Hasbro? If someone said, well, it's called Battleship. Can you imagine the possibilities? I said, oh, yeah. Okay, cool. Yeah, I'll, I'll make that movie for you. Yeah, and I think uh, just going along with that, I think part of that, you, you do have so much potential there when you're talking about warfare in that way. Just, I think that's the reason why I kind of like those scenes where they couldn't see each other. There's a lot of potential for drama and tension there. Yeah, and it's very relatable for something like Star Trek. Star Trek has done an excellent job of adopting a lot of naval-type military um, situations. Yeah, yep. And, and uh, this movie, though, didn't. Okay, another thing I did like was that most of the visual effects were well-made, if they were over, even though they may have been over-the-top and superfluous. The, uh, shockingly, everything looked really realistic even if it didn't make much sense but it it, <laughs> it it looked really realistic i was sold on the the visuals yes although they, Some, did, they did like the lens flares a little too much <laughs> <laughs> no 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 not enough lens flares oh. you're wrong about that one <laughs> all right moving on go ahead continue um i i i did like that the the general um look and feel of the aliens is all typical of aliens in the movies. Sure. Yeah. And, and at first the movie gives you the impression, well, these aliens are probably just straight up aliens from a typical movie that was inspired by something like a Spielberg rendition of aliens. After all, um, I think that battleship as a movie came about in large part due to the transformers franchise by Michael Bay. Oh, sure. Yeah. Now, Michael Bay was director of the franchise, of the Transformers films, but guess who the producer was? Tell me. Steven Spielberg. Ah. Um, and I don't know what kind of crazy relationship is going on there, but... I don't want to know. <laughs> Spielberg, he's known for his aliens. He's got char characteristics for all of his aliens. For the, I mean, maybe I'm missing some. If, uh, if any of our listeners know, know of an example where his aliens go off the beaten path of his typical rendition of aliens then you let us know but aliens in the movies are known for the characteristics that spielberg has applied to them so in this movie however the aliens actually were very humanoid-esque they in, in fact there's an example where they start to take off parts of the suit of one of the aliens and at first the first impression is hey this guy looks a lot like a human mm-hmm and so, for an, for just a split second, it makes you really feel like, huh, I could actually relate to this being. I, I, there, there, we have a lot more in common than we think. This guy is just trying to take over the world. 
But then, you know, they, they go from there and they explore various ways that the aliens have characteristics in common with us and characteristics that are not in common with us. So that was something I enjoyed. Even if I thought that their um, battle strategies and military tactics were uh, weak. A bit loose, yeah. Um, and lastly, there's really not much else to say except that I like Liam Neeson. Oh, I sure. just don't. I just don't like him in this movie. Yeah, agreed. Uh, he, he, well, again, he just wasn't used well. But yeah, he. You know, anytime he's on screen, you just gotta love him. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, I agree. He added a bit of maturity to the film, even if his character was mm, poorly written. Yep. But the film mostly has a bunch of younger people acting like younger people and thinking like younger people that are even younger than they are. <laughs> yeah. Um. <laughs> But then Liam, on the other hand, he's like the exact opposite in his character. He's supposed to be ultra mature. And so um, even if he wasn't quite naval, you know, admiral material, I I still appreciated, again, what they were attempting to do with Liam Neeson in the movie. Yep. All right. Well, I think that kind of wraps up our discussion of uh, Battleship. What do you think? Yes. This movie is sunk. And this here review. Yeah. Maybe if you have, uh, my opinion would be if you have the opportunity to see it, you know, don't, don't necessarily pass it up. Just, you know, but it's, it's a little bit forgettable. (laughs) Your your, your opinion is lower of it than mine. Yeah. Can I just say one last thing to sum it all up? Yep. It should have been infinitely better than it was, but rather than learn from the shortcomings of the Transformers franchise, it careens headlong into the abyss, (laughs) far beyond the absurdity of Michael Bay. Uh, no, not at all. Have, not at all. No, 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 no. have you seen? Have you seen the Transformers franchise? I have. I it's it's the worst filmmaking of our time by far. Well, how did did you see? Uh, what was it called? Um, Pearl Harbor. I haven't. Um, Michael Bay did Pearl Harbor based on historical events. And that movie made me so mad. I got up from the seat and I I shouted at the screen a couple of times. Like, (laughs) what are you thinking? What are you doing? This film is just so absurd that I was mocking it because it was beyond absurdity. And I I, I would only watch this movie again if there was absolutely nothing else to watch. And it was very important to a foolhardy friend that compelled me to do so. (laughs) Foolhardy friend. Well, it's good. I guess you have a foolhardy friend right here. Although I wouldn't compel you to watch it, so maybe not. Uh, anyway, all right. So next week we are going to talk, and we're going to take this opportunity with the release of Raiders of the Lost Ark to IMAX to review Raiders of the Lost Ark. I am looking forward to this. Yeah, you know, I my opinion of those films is not that great. Uh, I've seen them all, uh, and even the one of which we shall not name. Um, which is by far the worst. But I think Raiders of the Lost Ark is widely considered the best, is it not? Yeah. I mean, I don't have any exact data on it, but the impression I have from a variety of sources that I've come across in my lifetime, yeah, I, I think the general overall impression is that Raiders of the Lost Ark is by far the best. All right. Well, we're both going to see it in IMAX uh, and... Uh Looking forward to it. It's always fun to get to the theater and see a film anyway, so that'll be fun. And uh, reviewing an older film and just seeing how well it holds up, and especially with the IMAX release, I hear good things about it, so we'll have that scoop for you next week. All right. 
All right, awesome. Joseph, where Looking can people uh, keep up with your activities online? I'm on the internet at jivingjackalope.com. That's my site. That's where I write. And uh, in, uh, I enjoy tech. And I, I talk about stuff in culture and design. And then if you want to reach me on a social network, then just hop on over to josephdarnell.com. That'll take you to my Facebook profile. All right. And uh, I also have a website, buzzingpixel.com, where I write about uh, things mostly related to Apple and technology and gadgets and that sort of thing. Uh, and, you know, when I have time, I write there. And I'm also on uh, the social networks. Uh, you can find me, uh, I'm TJ Draper Pro on Twitter. And I'm also on Facebook, facebook.com slash TJ Draper, where you can uh, subscribe to my updates if you want. I can't guarantee you I would friend you on Facebook, but uh, you can certainly subscribe to my updates there. And uh, I think that wraps this week up. Thanks for uh, reviewing this movie with me, Joseph. It was uh, fun to hear you lampoon it. (laughs) It was a pleasure. All right. See you next week, Joseph. Ta-ta. Ta-ta.